Hi, I'm Alan. And I'm Alexis. We had four kids in four years. People think we're crazy, and sometimes we think they might be right. But most of the time, we love it. We hope this is a place where you can learn to be a better parent, but without taking yourself too seriously. Whether you're a new parent or have a few years under your belt, we hope we can give you something new to think about. Or laugh about. After all, this is Parenting in Real Life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 33 of Parenting in Real Life. We're back, barely. (laughs) Our Parenting in Real Life moment today is that we survived the flu. We hope you guys did, too, assuming you also got it, because apparently all of the country has had the flu in the last couple weeks. Oh, my gosh. So we don't do doctors (laughs) much. (laughs) Unless Um, we have to. We're dying. We go to the doctor. So it never crossed our minds to take our kids to the doctor when they started to get the flu. And so Chloe was the first one to get it. She got it on Friday. She came home with a fever. She said she was tired and I felt her head and she had the fever. So she laid on the couch and then she was out like asleep <laughs> like the next hour. I was like, oh, okay. I guess she really was tired. <laughs> yep. And then, so she was sick for a couple days. I got sick. You got sick that Sunday. Yep. I was sick Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. It was bad. Alan got it the worst. Yeah, for sure. He was like in bed for two days straight. And I was like, oh, this is fun taking care of the kids myself. <laughs> Just so you know, though, <laughs> I saw this funny cartoon, and I showed it to Alex. I feel like this is true. It had a woman. It said, "Woman with breast cancer," and you know her head is bald, and she's toting her kid behind him, and she just has this like determined look on her face. She's running errands, and then underneath it, it says, "Man with the flu," and he's in bed with a thermometer, all like snuggled in bed. <laughs> like, see, I get paid for my brain. <laughs> I, I can't like, cut work with my brain. So true. Fried. Not that I don't think Alan should have been in bed because I think that helps you heal faster, but I think women don't have the luxury of being able to lay in bed for two days straight because we're moms and moms just can't do that. This is a trailer for our new podcast called Marriage in Real Life. <laughs> where wives, mostly Alexis, only Alexis. Rip on their husbands. <laughs> Join us every I, week. I said, it, I think it was good that you <laughs> slept for two days because it helped you get better. But <laughs> wow. I'm just saying, Thanks. if I would have been the one to have the flu, I wouldn't have been able to sleep for two days straight because people need me. Too true. That's all I'm saying. I'm unimportant and unneeded. No. <laughs> so, we survived the flu. Um, well, after Alan got it, uh, Jack got it. And, and then Chloe got it again. Then Chloe had it again. I don't know what happened. Like, she went to school all week, and then she got a fever again that weekend. It was the weirdest thing. And then Cammie got it, and then Chloe got it again. <laughs> For real. We like, everybody had the flu, but nobody's flu looked like anybody else's. That was a weird thing, because Cammie had throwing up, and no one else. I mean, Jack did once, but it was right after I gave him Tylenol, so I felt like it was that was kind of involved. But, and, I mean... And then Cammie didn't have a fever, but everybody else did. It was weird. Very strange, and hopefully very over. And Nathan and I were the only ones who survived. We didn't get the flu. Which I personally believe is the worst thing you could ever say. And she keeps saying it. <laughs> and so she's just doomed. But, Jinxing myself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we almost made it a whole week 
without any illness in our house. So This whole thing started on the day that Alexis went to the doctor and the doctor's like, has anybody in your house had the flu? And she's like, nope. Chloe came home with the flu. Oh, that's And true. now she's preaching to the world that she's invincible. <laughs> no, I'm not saying gonna like that. She's going to wake up tomorrow dead. <laughs> I'm not saying like that. I'm just saying we were lucky. And I, I know we were lucky. So I'm hoping that the luck continues yeah. and that we don't get sick. Because being sick and pregnant is the worst experience you could ever have. I agree. It's awful. Thanks, everybody, for the reviews. We are up to 23 reviews. Yeah. It's awesome. We had two. So we had two in January and two in February. So we thought maybe we could give a shout out to our February ones since those were the most recent. Yeah. So me nine eighty six said that they listen to political podcasts generally on the way home from work, but they have two children and two on the way. Oh. <laughs> Congratulations. Whoa. Twins make us nervous, but we're excited for you. <laughs> Maybe he's just being like a good planner and like they got one on the way and then they're going to have another. <laughs> I, I think it sounds like twins. Buckle up, brother. <laughs> he wanted something to listen to to help him become a better father. Props. And then he, the first episode he listened to was our episode on fathers. So perfect. Nailed it. And then. Our second one was by. The other JT. I like Best that one. Best <laughs> username ever. And we know who this is. I know she's a she. So she said she's not an avid podcast listener. She's still trying to figure out which ones are worth her time. But she loves our podcast. So thank you. Um, the length is perfect. And she turns it on while she's sorting or folding laundry. That's often when I listen to podcasts too is during laundry. And she always feels better about her life as a parent after listening to us. Either because A, she's learned something new a new tip or trick or b because she's reassured that there are other parents out there struggling with the same things and thinking about the same things as her the content is well chosen and the hosts make me laugh thank you other jt that was nice that was very nice so 23 reviews what what was your goal 76 or something 78 78 (laughs) third of the way there we're getting there um and for the record in terms of the length you're welcome Alexis wants this to be a three-hour podcast, but I don't like long podcasts. So who has time for that? I can click in and out. A lot of the podcasts I listen to are usually 45 minutes to an hour podcast, which is long. They're the worst. But Alan's like, let's keep ours under a half hour. But I think that's... 20 minutes is my goal. (laughs) His 20. Mine's like low 20s. Yep. So that's I start what I try cutting to do. out Alexis's ramblings when she gets my ramblings. I never ramble. Alan's the rambler in the family. He gets it from his dad. I'm, I've been told. I'm Captain <laughs> Concise. So speaking of concise, today we're going to talk about another ep- uh, episode, another article by Amy McCready, and she's the proud owner of Positing Parenting Solutions, which we really like. So she gives ten tips for better behavior. I read this and I was like, eh, we've kind of done stuff like this before. Is this worthwhile? But she always, I think, has unique things Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't see on BuzzFeed. You know, like this is, there's some things and nuggets in here that I think are valuable. I agree. Yeah, some of these we've kind of touched on briefly before, but some of them are new things that we haven't discussed yet. So we thought it was worth sharing. The first one is invest in one-on-one time with kids daily. So I think that's one we've talked about a little bit, but that's spending 10 to 15 minutes a day per child. Um, So giving them positive attention, giving them one-on-one time a day. 
And this I find very challenging. It's hard to find time to be one-on-one with your children when you have so many children because, especially with younger children, because they always seem to need you. So it's hard to say, hey, I'm just spending time with this kid right now. The other kids don't really get that. And so that's hard. And then... Yeah, what now, Amy? (laughs) McCready? And so that can be challenging. And then... And it's sad to say that finding that time is also can be challenging. I think it's a little bit easier with the boys during the day because I have all morning with them. But in the afternoon, you have homework and snack time and extracurricular activities and your your afternoons kind of fill up. So, Yep. Can be tough. Next one is get serious about sleep. So essentially what she says here is sleep is really important. And so if you feel like your kids are sleep deprived, then... She says consult the family physician about how many hours of sleep they need. I don't know if Amy has heard of Google. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can find that online. You can probably Google that. But if you're one of those people that just has your doctor on speed dial, speed dial them up. Um, and then if they're not getting it, try moving up their bedtime by 10 minutes every few days rather than daylight savings timing yourself because that doesn't work. So just just ease it up every few days by 10 minutes. That's hard. It is. We get it. But try and scoot that up. It's better for everybody. We had had some problems with our kids falling asleep lately. And something that we started doing with the boys is just... Medication. (laughs) We would lay with them a little bit longer. So usually we like sing them a song and put them to bed. But they would just get up and play after we walked out of the room. And so we were trying to lay down with them a little bit longer, sing them a few more songs, help them stay in their beds a little bit longer. I think that's been helping. Yeah. And now they wake up at 530. (laughs) (laughs) that's true jack (laughs) all of a sudden has been doing that and we know some kids just need less sleep alan was one of those kids it seems like our kids are those kids too they just they're the worst (laughs) sometimes they don't need as much sleep there are basic basic needs like i think it's like 10 hours or something for our youngest our younger kids so try to get try to get the required amount number three is focus on on routines so kids thrive on routines, and you might know this from if you have small children or if they're older now, but routine kids seem to just do better on routines. And so Amy says to make sure that you set clear, defined routines for the most challenging times of the day. So this could be in the morning before school, at mealtimes, at bedtime, and let your kids help decide how the routine will go. Which doesn't sound like a routine to me. <laughs> Stay with us. <laughs> Well, if you have like an order, then you can ask, oh, are we going to get dressed or brush our teeth first? And they should know like, oh, we get dressed first. And oh, so that's what she's saying. You're not, <laughs> you're not quizzing them. You're giving them the option. Oh. We need to get our pajamas on, brush our teeth and stop being annoying buggers. <laughs> Which do you want to do first? So her two big things, if you haven't, if you haven't partaken of um, Amy McCready, it's Spend one-on-one times with your kids and let them make choices. Kids, like, they need both of those things. And so that's where this comes in. It's like, yes, they need to do certain things. And yes, you want them to do in in a logical order. But give them the feeling of independence. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Number four, everyone pitches in. She says, for better behavior, kids need to understand that everyone needs to contribute to make the household run smoothly. And so this is, like, really make everybody feel important and we really need you to help and we've tried to do that with jobs and stuff but that's tough it's tough i think it takes a long time because our kids are still not getting there 
because it's not that important. <laughs> they, I've tried to explain that to them how we need them to contribute and how we're all a family and this is, you know, we all work together and they still just do not care. So yeah. it's uh, probably working, working on it <laughs> a couple of years down the road when they get this. We're preaching it though. And she says not to call them chores. Apparently that's like a swear word to her. Like, do not call them chores. They're family contributions. <laughs> They're family contributions. Come, come, children. Do your family contributions. <laughs> Alan thought maybe we should shorten it to FCs. <laughs> I just think. Lexi, you're ruining our marriage in real life episode. <laughs> I just could not jump on board with that. I still call them chores because I'm like... Is there really is there really a difference between calling it chores and family contributions? Apparently she thinks so, but I I don't know. It's just a word. <laughs> Clearly Alexis doesn't think so. <laughs> so maybe I'm ruining it by calling them chores. <laughs> Number five is encourage your kids to be problem solvers. Uh, so this is where you shouldn't be the referee and that you should help them try to um, work out problems on their own. So don't be the one to like you know, separate them and give them the punishments and stuff. Try to help them to find a resolution and to help solve, solve the problem on their own. Give them that option. Number six is to simplify your family rules and then be firm. This is really important. Something I think we should revisit. Because I don't know that we have. We tried to do this. We tried to do family rules and we came up with some. but We had like six. We kind of forgot about them. <laughs> kind of forgot because parenting. And... So, but the idea is that you have like six broadish things that all like kind of encompass all the important stuff. And then you have a specific consequence for each of those. And so you can really like enforce them because they're real, right? Yeah, very clear. Instead of if you hit your sibling, then you're going to be on timeout for half an hour. It's when we're not respectful. Why happens, and I don't know what why is. <laughs> That's a I problem. Like, I like timeouts for half an hour, but Amy McCready would have a better why. So maybe we need to do an, a podcast episode about that and come up with some consequences, some whys behind family rules. Yep, bet Amy McCready has suggestions. <laughs> uh, number seven is send timeout to the sidelines. Speaking of. Yes, so timeout often doesn't work. Um. It, and it doesn't lead to better behavior. And I agree with that for the most part. Um, we don't really do timeouts anymore. Sometimes, though, our kids do need to be removed from a situation because they just need to cool off a little bit. And that does help for two of our kids. Like, they just need to be away from everybody else. So I guess it's not like an official timeout where we say, sit in the chair and, you know, for five minutes or whatever. Like, we just... Send them away. Like, okay, you need to go in your room for a few minutes and be away from everybody else. Mm -hmm. But some of our kids, she says kids, especially the strong-willed, will push back. And those are our other two kids who are more strong-willed. Like, if you tell them to go on timeout, they freak out. And so those are not the kids that we separate and say you need some time alone. You kind of have to just decide what works with the personalities of each of your kids. Yep. The alternative, then, is to coach them in those moments what can we do different next time and then role play okay let's try it again what would you do different Mm -hmm. number eight just say no to say no kids barrage us with questions every day and more often than not our answer is no and kids resent it so it's all about um, finding opportunities to say yes 
There's a great quote by Marjorie Hinckley. She said that she, essentially, this is paraphrasing, but she essentially said that she said yes whenever she possibly could. So it was that opposite mindset of like, rather than saying no, find every opportunity to say yes. And I like her example on in this article. She says, you know, if your kid asks if they can go swimming today and you know it just can't happen today, instead of just saying no, then you could say, going to the pool sounds like so much fun. Should we go tomorrow after school or on Saturday? Like, instead of just saying no, give them, I'll say yes, but at a different time. Like, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it this day. And I think that goes over a little bit better because you still are going to do it. It just, sometimes you can't do it right then. Yep. And it gives them the power again, like with Jack, even though he's too stubborn cuss. <laughs> and so if he wants something, he'll want something ridiculous, and you just say, okay, Jack. And as long as you start with, okay, Jack, you can say whatever you want after that, and he's okay. You know, like, I want ice cream. Okay, Jack, after dinner. And he's like, oh, okay. You know? <laughs> as long as it starts with okay. But if you start with, no, we're not. <laughs> he does. He freaks Devil out. Jack. <laughs> Number nine is don't worry, be happy. So be the example that you want your kids to see. So just try even simple smiling more. Try to be happy. And and um, I have a note on my fridge to laugh more with my kids. And just because sometimes I feel stressed and grumpy, you know, and I don't want my kids to think of me as the grumpy mom. And so just smiling or, or laughing with them. You know, being silly with your kid is a great way to help their uh, behavior be more positive, too. I really appreciate your honesty, Lex. must be hard to be grumpy. I never feel grumpy. <laughs> never? Did you just think of a super funny joke about something else? <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh. I was thinking about you. Never being grumpy. <laughs> My name's Alan, and I get grumpy a lot. <laughs> Not a lot, just sometimes. <laughs> Number 10 is don't ignore the source of the misbehavior. Misbehavior is always a symptom of something else. That's the Amy McCready belief, right? Kids aren't just bad to be bad. They're always either pushing for a power struggle. You know, they don't feel like they have enough control of their life or they need more attention. They need to feel more loved. Generally, it comes back to one of those two things. And so try and find what that is. Try and find the source rather than focusing on that specific thing because it's almost never that thing. And sometimes, Alan and I were talking about this a little bit earlier, sometimes that's more challenging than other times. Um, you know, with the boys right now, a lot of the times when they misbehave, it's reacting right away to something that just happened. So it's really easy to be like, oh, he's just upset about this. So not freaking out about it, but talking about, you know, what had happened before and then helping him calm down and usually the boys make messes because they're upset, so then helping them clean up the mess, you know. But with the girls, sometimes it's harder to figure out what that underlying thing is because they'll do something out of nowhere, and I'm, sometimes I just don't know, like, where where is this coming from, you know? Yeah, I think that the fact that there's, like, an underlying behavior problem is still true. Mm -hmm. It's just harder to spot. <laughs> Figuring out what that underlying behavior is, mm -hmm. what's causing... The pain point? <laughs> Psychological damage. <laughs> we already ruined our kids and they're six and five. <laughs> so anyway, we thought this was a good list of, of ten things to do if you're having problems with your kids. And if you have kids, you're probably having problems with them. <laughs> um, so just one more time. Invest in one-on-one -on -one time with your kids every day. 
get serious about sleep, focus on routines. Everyone pitches in. Everybody contributes with their family contributions. <laughs> Encourage your kids to be problem solver, solvers. Simplify family rules and then be firm. Send timeouts to the sidelines. Just say no to saying no. Don't worry. Be happy. And don't ignore the source of misbehavior. So that wraps up episode 33. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope that you'll follow us on Instagram. We're at P-I-R-L podcast or Alexis is at light in my home. You can also tweet us at Alexis Tanner one or Alan T Tanner. And email us at parenting in real life podcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Patreon. We have a new Patreon subscriber. And so thank you everybody. It really makes a difference. Makes me motivated to do this on Sunday nights when I really, really, really don't want to edit. I like talking to Alexis. It's the editing that, <laughs> that keeps us from doing this some nights. Um, you can contribute at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash P-I-R-L. Or there's a link on our Instagram profile. And you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And please give us a rating. We're so close to 78. <laughs> just need a triple. Not so close, but we are getting more each month and we really appreciate that mm-hmm. and a special thanks to our five kids for being kids I can say that now say. that they're not sick oh. <laughs> no, no special thanks no special thanks when they were sick <laughs>